We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With a message for my people. Nick Dab, baby. We the new label. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand, just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And they can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. You see, they told me I'm the one that's gonna benefit. Never been a threat, talking out of line, but never let me interject. Cause in a sense, I ain't spiteful enough, decisive enough. They living off the hype in a cycle they trust. Got it shining in the back of the club. Some red dreads, guess they trying to live that life for the blood. Let it Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Deus. At Nick Deus 10 is you can find me. Veteransminimum.com is you can find all things VM. The guy to my right over here in the building once again, Danny Alvarez, a.k.a. Ringwalk Danny, boxing reporter, co-host of the Boxing Voice podcast, and the founder of the Midfield Mindset Formula One channel, and, fun fact, an actual veteran. An actual veteran. <laughs> What's up, Nick, bro? Thank you for the invite and thank you for for having me. Obviously, uh, a big fight week, so I know you wanted to touch on the fight and then touch on a few other things. Uh, man, how excited are you? And I know this isn't your niche. That's why I'm excited. I'm asking, how excited are you for this one? How much has this fight made it to your timeline and with everything going on? I mean, bro, everyone that knows me knows that I'm a... 100% casual boxing fan. I tune in, very, even when it's a big pay-per-view, Danny, to be honest with you, I don't really go on my way to watch it. I'll follow it on Twitter. I'll follow it on Instagram as far as people giving updates. Right. And like even Andreas Hale, he covers it. Kel Dansby, they do the corner uh, here at the Blue Wire studio. Shout out to them two guys. They're big on boxing. I'm more of a UFC guy and everyone knows that. But what's fascinating, bro, and the reason why I wanted to have you on this week for this fight is because living in Vegas, I've been here since September, is the first time that I'm here for a big fight feel where it's weird, and you can relate to this being here for so long and experiencing it, it's a real thing that is up in the air. Like, you could feel that, holy shit, this fight's going down. It's a fight that a lot of people have wanted for a long time. A lot of people didn't think was going to happen. Right. And the aura of it and the billboards and even, you know, like I think Lil Baby's going to be here this weekend performing Bro, after, which is always. Everybody is, is going to be here. It's going to be crazy. Um, you know, it's, 
I'm kind of starting to get the feel of some of the bigger pay-per-views. You know, fight week started yesterday in boxing. Typically, fight weeks start on Tuesday for the big pay-per-views, and you'll have your fighter arrivals. So when I get to the MGM yesterday, I, I'm kind of looking around, and I'm like, all right, you know, crowd is starting to build up. And, you know, I can't really tell, but when I explained this to somebody earlier, I was like, if Floyd and Canelo were to have – a thousand people show up to their uh, fighter arrivals. There was probably six, seven hundred people there yesterday, you know, just to kind of give you an idea. So it's not quite there, but very early. I mean, who gets in on a Tuesday? You know, very few people are coming to Vegas for a week at a time. So I expect things to kind of pick up, um, honestly, Friday. That's when I really expect things to pick up or to really feel it because the weigh-in is open to the public. So we'll see the fans come out for that. I'm very excited. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of mixed emotions at the weigh-in, uh, given the rehydration clause, given the catch weight. Can you explain that to me? Absolutely. As someone who, like I said, uh, I'm 100% a casual when it comes to boxing. I can never, in the UF, when I watch UFC and I watch MMA, I could tell you, like, bro, that's a 10-8 round. That's a 10-9 round, definitively live bet this guy right now. Like, he got nothing left. I can make the read, and I'm pretty accurate with it. Now, I'm not always accurate with the betting standpoint, but just the visual. I, I can't grade boxing. It's, it's a lot more difficult for me. Like, when I was watching, I was watching Caleb Plant's fight. Because okay. he, he's one of my, I would say he's probably, like, my favorite fighter. I feel like he's mad cool. Like okay. uh, he's had he's had a lot of viral like videos pop off as far as like motivational stuff and you see it um, on your feet and whatnot. So I was watching that and through the first couple of rounds, I was like, I think Caleb Plant is winning. But then I'm looking at the live odds and I'm like, damn, like Benavidez is still heavily favored. And then come rounds eight, nine, ten, I'm like, oh, this is why, because this dude is just like a cardio machine and he put it on him towards the tail end. So when I hear this rehydration clause, what exactly is it? And is it? Is it rare to see happen in boxing? Um, so having the catch weight and the rehydration clause, this is going to be the first time that a fight actually happens with both, um, to my knowledge. You know, this fight's been announced for like a month and a half. I can't find another fight that has actually gone through with both stipulations on the table. That being said, um, you know, it's 10 pounds. So what that mean is uh, Friday when they weigh in, both gentlemen have to weigh in no heavier than 136 pounds. Saturday morning, they both have to re-weigh in and they can't be no more than 146 pounds. After Saturday morning and making weight then, it's free game. If either guy doesn't meet the weight requirement Friday or Saturday, it's a quarter million Quarter million dollar fine per pound. Damn. So two weigh-ins. Now, you said that it's never, you can't recall it happening for a catch weight and the rehydration, but do you see rehydration clauses often in boxing? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say often, but yeah, for the big fights, they happen, um, you know, and we do see them. You know, we'll see catch weights, you know, it's just... I'm going to be honest with you, probably within the last 12 months, there was a fight that was a big fight that was supposed to happen in the UK um, that was going to have both. It was going to have the catch weight and the rehydration. You were talking about uh, 
guys that were two or three weight classes apart from each other. You know, this is a uh, a fight where you got guys at most one weight class apart from each other. Some will argue and say they're in the same weight class. Uh, I'm not mad too much in the sense of the fact that it happened because just like Gervonta put those stipulations on the table, being the A-side, Ryan had to accept. And, you know, he's promoted by two Hall of Famers and two Hall of Famers that know exactly what a catchweight and a rehydration clause is and uh, from their own personal careers with Bernard Hopkins and Oscar De La Hoya. So I think that, uh, you know, Ryan signed that dotted line. I think it'll affect him some, but not as much as others will suggest. I've been hearing that it's more of a detriment to Ryan than it would be for Tank. I would agree. I would agree. I think that, you know, Ryan naturally is the bigger guy. He's about four and a half, five inches taller. You know, he's a guy with a longer reach. So, you know, he has a larger frame. There's going to be more, uh, I believe, coming into the camp that maybe he had more weight to take off. And, you know, it's probably harder with less fat on his body compared to Gervonta just because of the size difference alone. But look, he's 24, he's young, he's hungry. He fought two times last year, you know, and I think he knows what's in front of him. I think that a lot of people are um, overlooking him. They're writing him off. And I'm not going to say rightfully so. I'm not going to say that. Look, in this fight, you have Gervonta, a three-division world champion, a guy that has a 93% knockout per, you know, ratio, a guy that has fought six former or current four, uh, or current world champions at the time that they fought, right? Very extensive amateur background as well. Then you have Ryan, who's only fought one world champion, still has a pretty decent 83% knockout uh, ratio. But the thing with Ryan is his experience comes as a child in the amateurs, you know, he has, I think, somewhere in the ballpark of 225 amateur fights. Damn. Um, but so does Tank. We don't, we just don't talk about it because we've seen what you've done as a pro. Um, you know, I think uh, Ryan was somewhere in the ballpark of a 14, 15-time national champion as an amateur boxer. But again, you know, that was amateurs. Usually in the boxing world, we don't talk about what you did in the amateurs unless you were an Olympian or unless you had a historic rivalry with someone that you're now going to fight in the pros. You know, for example, if Ryan was fight, fighting Devin Haney, I'd be like, oh, they fought six times in the amateurs or three and three. But it's like, bro, 225 fights. Nobody's going to talk about that. You did that when you were seven, eight, nine, ten. So now I think it's time for him to answer. You know, I think this is uh, one that will... Bring a lot of light back into boxing. I'm, I'm really excited for it. You ain't kidding because, again, for, for everyone that's watching the show or listening to the show, they know that the last time I think I talked about boxing was when Connor and Floyd fought way back. And that was a super compelling matchup for, for different reasons than this one. But what I think is really interesting about this one, Danny, is that they're two of the most popular guys in boxing for someone like me. Like, I'm familiar with, with them and... I know about the knockout power that both of these guys have and the knockouts and how quick, like Ryan is, is like a viral sensation. He started the body shot challenge and, you know, he does that thing with his hands, how, you know, the, the speed the shoe challenge. Shine, yeah, the shoe yeah. shine challenge, yep, yep. And, and they're always, you know, as a big UFC fan, I've seen them always like 
either sparring or drilling with UFC fighters. I've seen them like stop by the UFC PI also. And what's really dope about this one is these are the two biggest names, in my opinion, in boxing from like a, a casual fan. And to see them fighting, bro, is so dope because, yeah, they're still young, r- relatively young, especially Ryan. But Mayweather and Pacquiao, everyone wanted that fight, and we never got it until it was years later, and then it was the dud of a fight. We're like, now, is it safe to say that they're both in their prime, or are they not even in their prime yet, and we're getting it? I think it's definitely safe to say that Javante's in his prime. Bro, some some could argue that Brian isn't even in his prime yet, and if he is, to me, it's the very beginning. Um you know, you're talking about 42 years combined between between the two. Uh, Javante's 28, Ryan's 24. You're talking about Javante having 28 victories, 26 knockouts. You know, both men are more than capable. Ryan has 23 wins, 19 knockouts. I think that it's safe to say that this is, when it comes to two guys fighting each other at their best, this is damn near as good as it gets. I mean, it doesn't get too much better than this. Um, I think that Ryan, it, you know, it, it was time, right? It was time for him to, to to take a test. This is probably the toughest test he, he could take, but um, it was time for him to take a test. He came up with numerous counterparts who have, in the pros, shown and accomplished more than Ryan. And Ryan was in a way kind of like the next golden boy. So I think the, you know, the the time to answer the questions is Saturday night. And I can't wait, man. I think that he's more than capable. I think that that left hook is something to look out for. He possesses power in both hands, but so does Javante Tank Davis. And and Tank has proven at the top level he carries that power from the first round to the very last round. He's gotten knockouts. Uh, with 30, 40 seconds left in the fight, in the 12-round fight. So this is going to be, in the words of Tank, get your popcorn. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to leave your seat. Make sure you've used the restroom prior to because uh, this is going to be one that I hope all you, I know you probably have a pro UFC audience, and I hope all UFC fans tune into this one. Now, is you mentioned how Tank has gotten knockouts in like the 11th and 12 round. Mario round. Barrios, when he moved up, faced him uh, to become champion at 140 pounds. That came in the 11th round. Uh, Yurioki's Gamboa, uh, that was at 135 pounds. That knockout came in the 12th round. You know, we've seen him against uh, Hugo Ruiz, which I think was the first or the second. So, you know, that power, Roly Romero, was the sixth. So, you know, wh- when do you want it? You know, Hector Luis Garcia was in the ninth. Um we saw Isaac Cruz, which was only one of two men to take him the distance, go the distance. Uh, Hugo Ruiz was the first and Ricardo Nunez the second. So, you know, Ryan, I'm sorry, Javante really has proven power um, throughout the fight. All 36 minutes. Uh, when they say, uh, Deontay Wilder had a famous saying, he said, you have to be perfect for 36 minutes. I only have to be perfect for one second. I think that in a way applies here because Javante uh, truly has, and and from what we've seen from Ryan, even though it's against lesser opposition, they both have that one-punch knockout power. And 
people don't understand how few fighters have that in today's sport. Very few. One punch uh, knockout power. Not even, David Benavides, the, you know, he's a accumulation kind of fighter. He's going to knock you out that way. One punch knockout, you're talking Deontay Wilder right now, and you're talking uh, Gervonta Davis, and now Ryan's been making a name. I mean, not as much as, as, as Tank with the one punch, but definitely he has that killer knockout power as well. We've seen that whipping left hook. So this is a fight you can't miss a second of it because, in my opinion, both guys can go down. Both both guys can go to sleep. And truth be told, Nick, this fight can also go the distance. I don't see it playing out that way, but if we wake up Sunday morning and you call me like, what happened? I'll tell you I'm not surprised. Before we get into the betting lines, I just I have a question of the knockout power. Because one thing, when I, when I bet on UFC, one thing I like doing is there are certain fighters that have what I call path to victory wins. They can only win in the first round by knockout because then they have a terrible gas tank after. They look like they just ran the Boston Marathon on the stool going into the second round. And then I'll live bet the other guy after they drop the round. And there are a lot of fighters that in the first round, they are deadly. And then in the third round, they don't really get knockouts. I think I read somewhere that UFC knockouts like 70% of them happen in the first round. Mm. And then it tends to drop later on. And it makes a lot of sense because your cardio, your, your stamina, the, the energy that you have, your power tends to go. Is it rare to have guys like Tank and Ryan who could get knockouts later in the fight as opposed to earlier? Or is it the other way around where in boxing you don't really see the first round knockout as much as you would the 12th round? Well, um, one thing with Ryan, most of his knockouts have came a bit earlier for the most part. You know what I'm saying? At least the first half of his fights. He's gotten some knockouts like in the last round of his fights where uh, back in 2017, he got an eighth round knockout. And it was an eight round fight. You know, um, with Tank, it's just been the top level. I think that most people in this fight... Most boxing analysts would tell you that Tank takes the first few rounds off. Many people feel that Tank, uh, in a Mayweather-esque kind of way, takes the first few rounds off, kind of downloads, kind of gauges his uh, range, his distance, kind of finds his himself in that sense. And then he kind of registers everything, gauges your power, and then it's time to work after round three, after round four, after maybe even round five. You know, um, when he fought Mario Barrios, the biggest guy he's ever faced, a lot of people are comparing Ryan to Mario because of the size. Mario fights at 140. Man, a lot of people suggested that maybe Tank should have went to 140 to fight Ryan at that weight class instead. That knockout came in, in the 11th, um, and with two knockdowns, a lot of people felt that Tank maybe was down. There's a, a very famous video of Floyd Mayweather going to the corner like, you're down on the unofficial. You're down on the unofficial. I've seen this video. So that was Floyd's way of telling uh, Tank, step it the fuck up. Unofficial doesn't mean anything. Uh, I know they have them in the UFC as well. Somebody will give their predictions on what they have the fight thus far. Cool. It's just somebody's thoughts. But, you know, if they're seeing it that way, what are the judges seeing it like? So Tank has been known to kind of start a bit slower 
I don't think that will be the case for this one. I think we'll see a more on point tank. I think he he knows that Javante, I'm sorry, that Ryan has that power early. And uh, he can't be careful with it. He needs, or he has to be careful with it. I'm sorry. He can't just go in there and, and kind of play and take a shot or two. He loves to take shots. He'll give you a shot or two to deliver, you know, the knockout punch. We saw it with Leo Santa Cruz. He took three shots to deliver one devastating uppercut, and that was all she wrote. So, you know, it'll be interesting, I think, especially in the first few rounds. It's who who's going to set the pace, who's going to demand uh, the fight from the other guys. So whoever can do that within the first few rounds, I think, establishes themselves pretty well in the fight. Now, the better in me, as I look at these lines, this is how I would bet Ryan if I was going to bet Ryan. Ryan consensus me. is plus 190. I look at fight not to go to distance at minus 350. That is telling me close to 80% of the time fight doesn't go the distance. You've mentioned time and time again about the knockout power and how many knockouts that these guys have. One is at 83%, the yeah, other is like over 93. 93. Yes, so roughly like, you know, four-fifths of their fights end in knockout. So when I look at fight doesn't go to distance at minus 350, I would bet Ryan by TKO knockout at plus 330 as opposed to betting him at plus 185 on the money line. Gotcha. If it goes the distance, I do it in the UFC all the time. If it goes the distance, it's a bad beat. But close to 80% of the time, if Ryan is to win, it'll be by knockout. I'm getting an extra $1.10. That's how I would bet it. Okay. But, um, does the breakdown make sense as far as why I would bet Ryan via knockout as opposed to on the money line. Yeah, I mean, obviously, statistically, you you know, most of the time he's winning by knockout anyway, so might as well lay your money there if you're gonna bet him anyway. If I'm if I'm betting Ryan, that's probably what I'm gonna bet. Um, regardless, you know, I think one thing, uh, and we do a betting show on the boxing voice as well. Um, one thing that we touch on too is kind of seeing. How the fighter looks through the fight week, through the camp, through everything. Because, you know, if I'm a bet Ryan knockout, I'll take that if 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 I wanted to. But there may be things, not just how a fighter looks throughout camp, but let's say their history of fighting with Ryan. There may be a prop bet that I like. Ryan gets knocked down but still wins by KO. There's there's prop bets uh we use Bovada and 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 I guarantee you that they do them for all the big fights. There's gonna be a prop bet like that. That's one that if you're gonna bet Ryan, let's say you're betting twenty five dollars Ryan knockout, I wouldn't be mad sprinkling another five because that is very likely and I'm sure it's some outrageous odds. You know that's probably if if you're saying what was it plus three fifty Ryan knockout, plus three hundred Ryan plus, knockout, plus three hundred Ryan knockout plus. 500 600 Ryan not uh by knockout and wins by and gets dropped in the fight. Something crazy like that, I wouldn't be surprised. He's been dropped before. We've seen him vulnerable. He likes to pull back. He leaves his chin exposed. I'm definitely doing a handful of prop bets like that this weekend. Absolutely. I see it right here in front of me. You could bet to be knocked down and win the fight 
Garcia plus 900. And that's just places. to win. Yeah. That's just to win. That's Yeah, that's just to win as opposed to like Bro, winning by knockout. Come on. There's so many people. And, and that is something, again, that I could really see happening. I could really see Ryan be dropped in the fight winning. I'm not picking him to win. I think um, if I had to, and as your friend, like, yo, Nick, I know what the odds is, but this is the play. Is you know I would probably say say Ting by knockout. You know there may be fights. Uh, you have it pulled up. Fight doesn't go the distance. What's that paying out? Minus three fifty. See, um, that's why I was mentioning how that's, that's pretty the, high. The way to bet it, if you are betting the Ryan side, would be to bet him by knockout. How would you bet the Tank side then? So the Tank side, he's minus two fifty. By, by knockout, he's minus 140. Okay. How about this? You're telling me that he's someone that stashes rounds early, has gotten a lot of finishes later on. Davis to win in round seven through 12 plus 250. Uh, I would tell you that that's a risk because. Because <sighs> you're saying, from, from what I gathered, Ryan is very. Much more explosive, I should say, early on. And Tank does the Floyd thing where he might drop a couple rounds and then start to put it on you later on. Yes. Uh, we haven't seen Tank win early, honestly, in, in, in quite some time. First few rounds. If, if I'm right, what I would go with instead of uh, 7 through 12, I would probably look at what... Four or five through eight and nine through 12 are paying. You know, they do group betting of four rounds. So a lot of sites will have one through four, five through eight, and then nine through 12. I would bet anything after the first few. You know, um, we've seen them knock out former world champions and, and current champions in the six. So if I were to get make that bet i would want to cover you know uh cover my ass honestly because he has some scary power i'd, I'd want to cover my ass so you can get you can get tank to win rounds four to six plus 450 seven to nine plus 450 10 through 12 plus 600 so okay so they're doing three round three round betting um yeah i mean I'm not the better, but I promise you, I'm, spr I'm sprinkling some. Because you got it, bro. It's fun. No, no, no. Absolutely. <laughs> like, when I say I'm not the better, like, I, I know who's going to win. I know who's going to win. And sometimes, like this one, tank KO, right? But sometimes it's like, eh, I don't know. I could see it go this way. I'm going to just play the money line. You know, so a lot of weekends, what I'll do, I'll have uh, my money line parlay three, four for sure. I may get that at a minus 120. I don't care because I know this shit, it's for sure money. Yeah. It's for sure money. Well, dude, I love that you bring that up because the way I bet in MMA is I don't like taking minus 250, minus 300. I'd rather try to bet you to win by knockout round one, submission round two. Like I said before, path of victory. Right. So I'm always trying to dig up for more odds, better numbers, better value. But dude, 
I, I couldn't agree with you more that if I was to just pick winners, regardless of the line, I, w I could probably clear like 70, 75% every UFC card. But I don't because I don't want to do that. I want to bet, yo, this guy is no, a, a black belt in jujitsu and he has 19 submission wins. Right. I'm going to take plus 300 as opposed to minus 600 on the money line. You know, uh, one thing to, to consider is uh, I've seen some of your slips, bro. You, you bet crazy. But just like you, I'll do numerous slips. I got, And I may even do some live. I'll do some 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 live betting sometimes too. Because live betting in sports is so underutilized in all sports, and especially I think in combat sports more than others because you can actually see a fighter is fatigued. Like, dude, how many times have you watched a fight in boxing and the guy has eaten like fifty body shots? I'm like, he's done. It's Stop like, yo, it. yeah, you're Stop like, yo, it. he's done. Yeah, you're saying, yo, one more, one more left hook to the body, it's a wrap. And then they shut down and you're like, oh, bro, I should have came in live on that one. I see it in, in MMA all the time. After round one, after round two, they're on the stool. It looks like they need a defibrillator, like they just ran the marathon. And yeah. you're saying to yourself, like, yo, I'm going to come in on this guy now. How many more leg kicks can he take? How many more body shots? No, for sure. Uh, perfect example that was honestly last weekend, there was a heavyweight showdown in the UK, uh, Big Bang Zang. And Joe Joyce and two top heavyweights, I would say, both guys top eight in the world. And we both have seen, Ness has seen Big Bang train in Jersey, and I've seen Joyce train here in Vegas. So we're just like dissecting, you know, all right, what'd you see? Okay, this is what I've seen. And then when we were talking about a bet, the consensus we came to was Big Bang by knockout. And then we look at the odds and we're like, bro, that's like plus 1,100. And that fucking shit hit, bro. Yeah, and I ain't get one text. I ain't get one text bro, from you gotta, Daddy. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> tune into the betting show, bro. Now, man, I'm telling you that uh, there's some boxing fights that I'm like, they just don't know. Like, they just don't know. And then I'm in the gyms, bro, so I see all this shit. I bet on women's boxing. Mm. Like, there's fights tonight in Florida, pro box. I'm betting on that shit. But it's because I'm in the gym with the guy. I don't care if it's big or not. The odds are the odds. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? The you money's could, you still You can bet great. on them. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't care. So, uh, you know, best of luck to my guy, uh, my guy Rob so far tonight. But if I'm in the gym and I see something and I start to pick up and it's like you said, with combat, I can tell. So it's like, fuck. I remember in the gym when this fighter got tired, they start doing this. Well, now they're doing it in the fight. Live bet. Live, you, because it's like, you know, you could see it. Yeah. You know, you really could see it. So, And also the best thing about with the combat sports, it's one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, your your wide receiver could be fatigued, but there's another 10 guys out on the field Absolutely. that can make up for it. Your shooting no, guard definitely. might be fatigued, but there's ways to work around it where guys could dominate. Where in the fight game, it's just you and, and your opponent. The guy in front of you. I, I got to ask, and I want to bring up, um, and I might, I'm actually going to send it to you. So two things, uh, real quick, Joe Goosen, who's Ryan's trainer has led phenomenal corners. One of the most historic comebacks and memorable fights in the last 30 years was under his, his guidance of his corner. So I'm going to send you the video. It's going to be maybe a round or two, not the whole fight, but I want you to see it, and I just want your thoughts as a combat sports fan and what you think of that trainer and, you know, the way they handle that. So I'll get that sent to you. Second thing, as a better, 
Will veterans minimum and just will you partake in any WWE betting? It seems like they're trying to work some things out. They're working with the same company, I guess, that keeps the fucking Grammy awards or whatever. Uh, the results, that is. Um, what are your thoughts on that? How much do you care? And uh, will veterans minimum be partaking in uh, WWE betting? It's so weird that it's going to be allowed. I know a lot of the sports books out here aren't allowing it. Mostly, mostly it's the popular ones like FanDuel and DraftKings, Barstool. Those are, they might not be the best apps, but they're the most popular. They have all the sponsorships on the teams, on the jerseys. Who do you like, think's the best? The best one. I mean, the best one is always the, the, the book that gives you the best number, right? But as far as... If you could only bet with one app, I would say I would say FanDuel or DraftKings, and the reason why I say that is because there is an, a, there's a big appeal to those two apps more than any others that you can throw a $5 bet and pick 12 guys to have 25 or more points and you can win 10K. You can't do that anywhere else. You can't do that here in Nevada. They limit what your upside could be because they don't want you to do that. They don't right. want you to put $10 and pick the Super Bowl winner the finals winner, the Stanley Cup winner, the World Cup winner, and then the Euro Cup winner. Right. And that $10 turns into $1.3 million. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you ever hit any futures? Yeah, I love futures. Futures Bro. is my main, I would say futures is probably my favorite thing to bet on because the way I treat them is like fantasy football in a way, right? Mm. So when you when you ask me, yo, who's going to win the Super Bowl? And I tell you, oh, I, I like I like Kansas City, right? And it's nine to one. And I go and I put my hundred bucks on them. People are like, man, why am I going to give my hundred dollars? And now I got to wait until February. It's like, bro, you play fantasy football, don't you? When do you get paid out? Christmas. Right? What's another four weeks? Right. So it's the same kind of concept. Futures are big for me. I love futures. I got one pending right now. It's the Lakers to win the finals with Manchester City to win the Champions League. I got that at 28 to 1 when nice, I was back bro. home. So bro, far, I so fucking, far, so good. Uh, I, I really wanted to. Obviously, I made the trip out to the UK, but I got to go to my first uh, Premier League game. That was pretty dope. Went to go see West Ham. So not Man City, but, you know, uh, West Ham and Southampton playing for last place. That was pretty dope. 60,000 people at London Stadium. That was pretty dope. That so, was your uh, first time going to a game overseas? Yeah. Yep, first time going. Damn, bro, that's a bucket list of mine, man. Yeah. I'm an Arsenal fan. 
That's yeah. my squad. Yeah, first time going. Uh, and I only went because our flight got canceled. I was oh. supposed to be on a flight back to Vegas. And then I met a guy at the, at, at, I was out there for the AJ fight. And I met a guy there. And he was like, yeah, I'm actually with uh, West Ham's uh, ticketing office. I'm like, yeah, my flight got canceled for tomorrow, bro. Like, you got two tickets? It's the last place game. And he's like. Yeah, I got you, bro. Fuck that. You would have thought it was the Super Bowl or some shit. There were so many fans. The atmosphere was outrageous. One complaint, though. Talk to me. Bro, you're not allowed to have liquor at your seats. Wow. So no way. I, bro, I got passed. Like, I kid you not, right? First of all, I'm running late. Traffic is horrendous in London. Running late, get there. I'm like, I need a couple drinks before I get to my seat. I go to three different stands, beer and wine only. I'm like... The third stand, I'm like, forget it. Give me, uh, what's the most wines? They said four. I said, give me give me two doubles. So they gave me two double wines. I'm walking around, double fist, you know, double fist. I got two cups of red wine. I finally see the bar with real liquor. And I'm like, well, fuck it. The line was long. I get in line, drink one, one cup of wine. By the time I get to the front, get a double Jack and Coke. I get to my seat. Everybody's staring at me like, Something's wrong with me. Now, I would say I feel that my beard caught the attention of a few people. So I'm not, I'm like, all right, whatever. Then I noticed nobody's drinking. Anything. No beer, no oh. no liquor. Bro, how? It's like the birthplace of hooligans. Bro, in, it's in, not in allowed. England. It's not allowed out there at, at football. The at, ah. Only for football matches. They, they'll allow it for basketball, for boxing, just not... For football or, as we say here in America, soccer. Somehow, security ain't seen me. I didn't know. I wasn't trying to bend the rules. It just worked out that way. And, uh, yeah, I got shit-faced. That was a nice time. I got to see a fight literally like 10 rows down, and then I got to see the soccer game. It was a beautiful experience, man. Damn, dude. I can't believe that they don't let you drink at your seats. Yeah. That's going to that's gonna affect me ever going there now. Yo, I got to be crushing some beers, and bro. And let me tell you, huge surprise when that fight broke out. I'll show you the video after the show. Everybody was upset. At, like, they're yelling like, oh, you stupid idiot. Why are you fighting? This, this. No, nobody was recording. I was like the American recording. <laughs> <laughs> like... I think it was me and maybe the girl in front of me, but you'll see there was nobody else recording, nobody else. Like, you know, here it's like people glorify oh, bro, the fights and stands. Immediately you take out your phone right away. Bro, and it's glorified. It's almost like it gets the people going, yeah. you know, but out there, definitely not the case. Still a phenomenal experience. Hopefully you can make it out and hopefully uh, the Man City bet hits Lakers. Oh, they're what? 1-0? Want right to know? Yeah, at the, time, at the time of recording, it's before game two, but Ja Ja got a little banged up, so that should help him. And it's it, they just need to stay healthy, man. Because I was, dude, I made the bet when they were playing the playing game. Okay, and I was just watching. And I'm like, yo, you know what, dude? You still got AD, you still got Braun. All the additions that they made around the deadline when they brought like D'Lo back right. and Vanderbilt and and Hachimura. I'm just looking at it and saying to myself, man. 18 to 1. Can they just stay healthy for, for six weeks? Like just get me to the finals. Right, right. And then from there I can hedge it out if I if I have to. But I'm really, I'm really feeling good about that ticket, man. And, it, and it's Braun, right? Braun probably knows that he got what this this year, and then how many more years can he still be at his 
at his apex like he's yeah, been Yeah, not much longer. I think he's kind of sticking around in hopes to play with his play son with his kid, and, yeah. and do all that stuff. So uh, that game should be kicking off here in a bit as as we're recording. But, uh, yeah, Lakers and Memphis. I do wanna I do wanna go back to just put a bow on the on the fight. Let's do it. I think I'm gonna go with Ryan to win by knockout. <clears throat> Plus three hundred is what I'm gonna bet. I'm also I also feel like everyone I know, bro, that follows boxing is just like, oh yeah, Tank's gonna smoke him. I'm like, really? Like the consensus is, has been that. But now I'm hearing more people sort of just uh, just pulling back a little bit, like reeling it in their take a little say, bit. I will say, obviously, you know, this is, uh, we do the show every day and whatnot. I will say a lot of people have kind of pulled back because they're like, well, you fought guys bigger than Ryan. You fought guys more accomplished and experienced than Ryan. Why didn't they get the stipulations? Why are you putting it on Ryan? Oh, so, you, so you're reading that as maybe you're a little... A lot of people are. I'm not saying... I, okay. Look, the way I see it, I'm not wearing this because I, I got an identical one of Ryan. Uh, shout out to my boy Enrique. Made uh, very limited edition shirts. But I think I'm one of the people. I think he smokes them. Puts them in a blunt, light, lights it up and smokes them. I, I really do believe that. But that's why they step in there. And I'm not overlooking them. That's just the way I see it play out. You know, Ryan just hasn't showed it to me yet. But we'll... Uh, We'll see how it plays out. I, I can totally see the KO um, going down, but I think uh, it's going to be Tank who puts him out somewhere after. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle to latter half of the uh, of the fight, you know, somewhere between round six and 10. If you bet those individually, you get anywhere from 12 to 1, Tank to win in round six. 12 to 1 for round 7, 12 to 1 round 8, 14 to 14 to 1 round 9 and 18 to 1 round 10. Throw $10 on each of those, that's a pretty that's a nice that's a nice little payout there. And I'm going to be honest with you, there's so many sports with, you know, playoffs right now both NHL and NBA, obviously baseball's underway. If you want to parlay that and you know, you think your squad's going to pull it off, this weekend, you know, you think that Memphis is going to beat the Lakers at home with the Lakers at home Saturday night. You know, maybe you can parlay something like that. But, yeah, the bet for me on this one is uh, tank. gun in my head is tank by knockout. Okay. You get that at minus 140 also. If you don't want to get too cute with picking what round exactly. Oh, so you're like, nah, say you need plus money for you to lay money on it. No, I like to. I like to. Like if if I had if I had like an unlimited bankroll, I'd probably take Tank by knockout also, and then Ryan by knockout because those are like you mentioned the numbers before. Like those are the ways that these guys win. Just curious because you're the UFC guy in boxing. We called it the Floyd era, and now we're kind of seeing whose next era it is. But we'd say, man, if we had the bankroll, like you knew Floyd was gonna win. But he, you know, there was times he was like a minus 800 or minus 500 or minus 350 or whatever the case. Is it worth putting down 35,000 to win 10 back? But you know you're going to win those 10 back. Well, th that's what Do I you have a guy like that in the UFC? Like, 
John Jones is for sure oh, money. Bro, you know, you know Jeremiah who's here at the studio. I was watching the fights with him when we went to, to 285 and we were at T-Mobile. And the moment that they announced Cyril Gan versus John Jones, John opens up as a plus 120 underdog. And I just kept up. If you go back and listen to the shows for three months, I'm like, yo, bet John Jones. Bet John Jones. It's plus 105 now. Bet John Jones. It's minus 110. Bet John Jones. You're right. And then Jeremiah's like, yo, everyone is telling me John Jones. I'm like, bro, when it comes to UFC, I don't give a fuck about the odds and I don't care what public perception is. It don't matter. I was like, he should be minus 500. He's like, really? I'm like, yo, yeah. Beats him in three minutes. There, there are guys like that in the UFC for sure. Because I also feel like the UFC has now, within the last like four or five years, like the you, you said the Floyd era, the Connor era ushered in a new fan base for UFC and it made the betting side of it more popular. Like some UFC cards, bro, they bring in money like it's an NFL Sunday. And you know how big NFL Sundays are Absolutely. from a betting perspective, but it's still relatively new and some books don't do as good a job as others setting the lines that's why when you asked me before what's my favorite place to bet at it's the one that gives me the best numbers so there are there are a ton of fighters where you look at it you're like man i know i don't i don't like laying minus 500 but this dude should be minus 2500 there's no way he loses so i may butcher this but i feel like i recently read something where it was like ufc champs in like the last like 20 fights are like 35, 40% win percentage. Like most of the time when they step in and they're losing and being the upset more often than not, do you feel like the odds are reflective of that? It it varies. And I hate to give you that answer, but there is there's a big trend of fighters that were champions that lose and get an re immediate rematch. They're like 30% in okay. that rematch. Because it's also, I don't know if they have this in boxing, but they say, well, yeah, I think so. Because Teddy Atlas famously said that anytime someone gets a belt, they just automatically become 10 to 20% better because it's a confidence thing. And it's just mentally, you're like, yo, I'm a champion now. Like, dude, I remember when I first got my blue belt, I couldn't get submitted for like a week. Mm. And I was rolling with, with purple belts, brown belts. I just couldn't because I just felt like, yo, I belong now. I feel like I've accomplished something. So it's the same thing when a guy gets a belt. They just get that confidence boost. And Absolutely. then on the flip side, it's probably a detriment to the guy that lost it. Mm. I remember watching the uh, Rose uh, Namayunas and yeah. uh, I always butcher her name. Joanna? Yeah. Or, or Wei Li, the Asian uh, Wei girl. Li, Wei, Wei Li. Li, yeah, yeah. I remember watching uh, the first fight and like what a devastating, you know, kick. You know, head kick, she gets her out of there. And I had seen a few of Wei Li's fights, and I'm like, yo, Rose is like, I'm like, fuck, man. I don't know if Rose is going to be able to, like, pull it off in the rematch and this, that, and the third. And, like, I really liked Rose. And I'm like, man, I'm just letting the bias get to me, like, because I'm a fan of hers. And that was a rematch that surprised me that, you know, she still pulled it off. Obviously not the same as the first one. And there was another one recently where it's like, the first one might have ended in a knockout. Second one ended decision, but the same guy still pulled it off. Leon Edwards. Oh, yes, that's right. The Leon. Leon fight. Edwards, yeah. Right. And and you were just looking at it and you're saying to yourself, well, you know, Usman was like minus 1,800, bro, going into that fifth round. And then he gets the head kick. And then the line opens up for the second fight and Usman's minus 200. And you're like, 
yo, if that fight plays out the same way, this, right. is, this is a steal minus 200. And then the same thing happened with Pereira and Izzy where it actually worked in your favor if you were someone Bro, like me. that was crazy. So, so Adesanya is my favorite fighter, right? And in the first fight, going into round five, they flashed the live odds, minus 1,500. He's a favorite. And then you're looking, and then he gets knocked out, right? And you look at the second fight, the rematch, the odds, he's minus 130. And some people that I know in the MMA space, they were hesitant because they had deja vu from what happened with Leon Usman in the second one. Mm. They're like, yo, that might happen with, with Izzy. And dude, I'm so happy that I stuck to my gut and I was saying, man, Izzy should be able to just mop the floor of this dude. Bro, he's such a nice guy, man. I've met him. Yeah? Yeah, I've, uh, I met him at a boxing fight, actually. I met him, he was, he was at a uh, KSI Logan Paul 2 in L.A., Okay. That was at Staples Center. And, uh, yo, nice guy. Yeah, he was there. Nice guy. That was an entertaining fight, man. I, I like Izzy. He's a fucking savage, too. Fuck the bow and arrow, right? Fuck that. Throw that out the cage. He walked up to that man's child. That man is going to be haunted for Forever. years to come. For He's going to get nightmares, I promise you. Kids like 10 or 11 around that age yeah, group. Yeah. Bro, they think they're hot shit at that age. You know what I'm saying? They, they start liking girls. He is haunted forever. Get him a mental doctor. He, bro, <laughs> I promise you, a therapist, Dr. Melfi, somebody. I'm, bro, that was ruthless. I loved it. I loved it too. I loved it. Gotta, I didn't yo, even know listen, the man. backstory either till after. Yeah. Like most people, I feel like. Um, that was ruthless. I enjoyed every bit of it. You know, I think the UFC, I, I say this all the time on our show. I think the UFC does a phenomenal job. Obviously, um, not the same as boxing, but they still are able to get the fights made. And, uh, shout out to Dana and, 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 uh, you know, those guys, even during the pandemic, they were the first ones back. So the UFC is always on top of it, man. Dude, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming into the studio. Thanks for, thanks for letting me pick your brain Absolutely. on something that I'm, I'm really interested in, man. And I think a lot, I don't know, I don't know if I'd be this interested if I wasn't living in Vegas. I think that sort of like multiplied it five by five, six X because yeah. it's just, it's just everywhere knowing you and knowing your content and how often you guys have been talking about potentially these, these guys matching up. Sean Porter comes in here often. He's been talking about wanting to see this fight too. So I know how busy fight week has been. You were telling me about what you got to do tomorrow, what you were doing today. Yeah. So I appreciate you giving me no, thank some of you. your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate everybody, um, you know, listening in and tuned in. I appreciate it. Definitely going to be a, a big one. You don't want to miss it. Make sure... You've used the restroom and you have your food and beverages prior to. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. If you guys were, if you guys are over 35, just think of it like a Mike Tyson fight. Mm. You wanna be in your seat when you hear the bell go ding. Think of it like a Mike Tyson fight. You don't wanna miss it. Love it. Where can people find you on social? Yeah, definitely uh, check me out, Ringwalk Danny on Instagram and Twitter, and then my Formula One page. Midfield mindset. I, you know, uh, cover Formula One on a casual uh, level, so you guys can check that out. I'll be back next week for the Baku Grand Prix, the uh, Azerbaijan uh, Grand Prix next weekend. So check it, check it out at Midfield Mindset, and that's on YouTube and Instagram as well. 
Last thing, you hyped about Formula One coming to Vegas? Bro, I'm fucking stoked. I was just at Top Golf, so you could see the paddock being built. Uh, from there, I'm stoked, man. Construction on the strips of shit show, right? But Hold they, on, you ain't kidding, because I've told everybody, I'm like, yo, wherever your commute is to the strip, you got to add an extra 30 minutes yeah, because no. the traffic is out of control with that. It's been disgusting. Um, and, of course, there's other construction going on throughout the city. It has been disgusting. I was told somewhere in the range of like 12 to 14 inches they have to dig deep, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to be able to get the grade of gravel and, you know, everything resurfaced. They're, they're bringing in the fucking gravel from Germany, bro. From Germany, they're bringing it in to resurface the strip where they'll be running the Vegas Grand Prix in November. I'm stoked about that. You know, they're anticipating a billion-dollar profit for the city, so it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be the most expensive Grand Prix ever done. Um, they first keep, one at night. For, uh, first one at night. I know there's a few. Uh, I want to say maybe Saudi does theirs in the afternoon, evening time local, but this is like 10 p.m. local. First one at night, Saturday night, so it's typically on a Sunday. This time it's on a Saturday night. Um, bro, I'm stoked. I can't wait. They keep releasing tickets. It's gonna be a hell expensive. of a weekend. It's gonna be an expensive, uh, an expensive ticket if you uh, are part of the weekend festivities. But the atmosphere is gonna be insane. I can't wait. Patreon roll call before we wrap up. Daniel Gibson, Nick Chavez, Abel Resin, Ben Coltsian, Derek Platees, Chris Velasquez. Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Thomas Robinson, and Nick Crummage. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum to support the show. And at Nick Day is 10 you can find me. And we'll catch you guys next time on VM. Sticks in his element. I'm a gold medalist. Bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell. Main course, beat of venison. Zab. Most dangerous game. Kill it, be